Hi, and welcome to Com Church Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk you're about to hear. Woo! Isn't it great to be in his presence? Do I have some carriers of his presence today? We need to be carriers of his presence in our community, in our town. It's amazing. You know, we're in a series um, here at Com Church. If you're visiting us today, we're just really privileged to have you in the house and being with us today. Um, yeah, welcome. Have a good time with us. And we just love to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit and in the presence of God in our place, in our house. And um, we're in a series called Power 50 or Power Lines. We've been looking, you know, um, in our um, Vision Sunday... In our Vision Sunday at the beginning of the year, um, Sarah and I had been praying and we'd set this um, thing, we'd, we'd talked, we said, how do we set the church on a course, on a direction, so that we all head in the same direction together? Um, and God showed us the picture of two train tracks. You know, train tracks, the destination on those train tracks is set before you get on the train. Um, it's not like a car where you can jump in the car and steer it anywhere you like and go anywhere you like. You can go off-road. Trains don't work like that. The carriages all sit on the same two train tracks. And we prayed hard about, well, if we were going to set train tracks underneath our church so that we all head in the same direction, what would those tracks be? And um, God clearly said to us what they should be. And one of those tracks said, set all the way to the destination was to see souls saved for the kingdom of God. Amen. To see more and more people know that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. And God spoke to us about the other track um, for the train of being, um, how many people can we help? How many people can we lift from where they are into a new place? How much of what we've got can we give away? And they were the two train tracks. So if if you're joining Com Church, you're becoming part of our church and you're able to build a carriage that fits firmly on those two train tracks, we'll make space for you to do so. But we, everything we do is going to be firmly planted on those two tracks as we go forward. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about what God is going to do as we can explore the ways for that to happen. But you know what? Above every train track, there are some power lines. There are some lines that give power to the train and you know what, so there are many secular organisations that do a great job of reaching out and helping people and lifting them from poverty and helping people. There are Muslim organisations that do that. There are Hindu and, um, and Buddhist organisations that do that really well. But we're to be powered by the Holy Spirit. And that will give us the supernatural eyesight to know what our communities need, what our schools need, what people need around us as we're sat with them. And that's the difference. We've been called to do it, but with the power lines of the Holy Spirit. So we've been in this series that we've called Power Lines, and we've been exploring what it looks like to live life in the Spirit. Last week, we heard from Velveeta and Steve Thompson that shared with us so awesomely about how she was in a coma and she was next to death for five weeks. Her family in the natural coming and visiting and seeing a lifeless body with just a blip on a machine. But while she was there, she had a vision of heaven. And she saw how close the veil of heaven is to earth. And we've been talking about living life in the spirit and how heaven is not 
out in the ether. No, we, when we say the heavens, it, gives, it misleads us into thinking heaven is a far away place. It's a long way. It's in the stars. It's in the sky. It's galaxies away from where we are. And what we've been trying to do as Church is study and know that heaven is closer than that. The Holy Spirit, there's a, there's a thin veil. As my, as my father a year ago, this time was passing away, we saw the thin veil of heaven open up and receive my dad. And he saw the vision of heaven. For the last week of his life, he was nearer heaven than he was earth. And we've been trying to study that. And if we could just walk through our community knowing heaven is so close to us, knowing life by the Spirit is not something a long way away. Well, this morning, what we want to do is look at the... Oh, actually, there's Power 50. Let me talk about that for a second. Everybody's got a Power 50. We'll give them out this morning. Um, The week between... The weeks between Easter and Pentecost, when the church was born, we've been doing this entire series, and we're calling it Power 50. There's a daily reading for every single person, and I want to encourage you today, as at the back as you leave, you can grab uh, week five we're in, um, and you can do that with everybody in church. Power 50, and we're looking at life in the Spirit and how close heaven is. But this morning, I want to talk about www.powerlines. World Wide Web. We all know that, those, those words, don't we? World Wide Web. You know what? This movement that we're part of, that the Holy Spirit is moving and um, we're uh, focusing on Jesus in these meetings is growing day by day and it's massive. It's worldwide. It's a World Wide Web. I've heard it said, but I don't know if it's true or not, so you might need to go home and ask Elixir or Google or however you do it. You can go and ask Google or Elixir whether what I'm about to say is true or not. Um, So go home and ask Elixir. Um, But I've heard it said that the body of Christ at the moment is growing quicker. People are getting saved at a quicker rate than the national birth rate. I've heard it said. I've known, even if that's half true, that gives you an idea of the size of the kingdom that we're part of. We're part of something massive, even if that statement is just half true. You know, this morning, we're joining with millions and countless millions of believers all around the world that believe that Jesus Christ saved them from a lost eternity. I know. I know there are some members of Church that have come to church thinking they're coming to a big church this morning. You think that this is a big church. Well, let me tell you, there's nothing big about this, what is big today is that we're part of a kingdom that is multiple millions of people. We get overwhelmed sometimes by the numbers of people, so crowds can make us feel like we're a bit overwhelmed. But let me tell you, this is tiny, what we're sat in today. And that's what I want to explore. I'm going to ask my Uncle Vernon, who's with us this morning, to come and take the platform and take this other chair. Come and sit with me. Uncle Vernon. Uncle Vernon is, um, has for many years of his life um, been um, the head of international and, and um, European and international Gideons. Who knows? Have you ever been to a hotel room and there's a Bible there? The Bible beat you to the hotel room, right? 
Well, that's, that's the organisation that my uncle used to head, head up, and it's massive, it's global. You can't go in a hotel unless it happens to be the Marriott and they got those Mormons beat us to it. Um, unless it happens to be them guys, um, you get into a good hotel. Um, that, 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 it's massive all around the world, that Bible's already there. So we're going to talk about the size, www.powerlines. That's what we're looking today. We're not part of something small, are we, Uncle Vernon? No, indeed we're not. So it's no, awesome. indeed we're not. So I'm going to ask you, just on your trips and on, you've gone around the world, Uncle Vernon, why don't you just talk to us, share us a little bit of the things you've seen, the lessons you've learned. Um, we want to sit at your feet this morning and receive some guidance on what you've seen as you've traveled the world with the ministry that you work for. God's power is God's power in Dunstable or Burundi in the center of Africa, or in the Philippines or Hong Kong, or in Ghana, God's power is God's power. Yes. And what God is doing through his power in his saints is the same here in this town as it is in towns and cities all over the world. I've been privileged to, to visit something around 60 different countries as I've traveled for Gideon's International. And God's power works through his word and his people. God, in our lives and in our world today, has no hands except our hands. He's no feet except our feet to take the good news of the gospel. He's no tongue but our tongue to speak the good news of the gospel. And he's no eyes but our eyes to look out on a lost world. How big is that lost world? WWW, I'll tell you how big it is. In the UK, less than 10% of people go to church. So the lost world in the UK is 90% plus of the population. And God's power wants to work in that 90% is not confined to this guy or me or you. He wants that power to be working right across our nation and right across our world. It's amazing. Uncle Vernon, in, um, so you've traveled the nations. Like, have you got any highlights that stick out to you of when God's really moved or things that just stick with you in life that you, you saw as you were ministering? I had the privilege to visit the country of Ethiopia. And I visited Ethiopia when it was a communist country. Had to do it in secret. Bless you, sister. Ethiopia is one of the, mo the countries that had the most impact on my life. And I was there in 1986-87 when the church was underground. 
And everybody was doing everything in secret. I went there at the risk of being put into prison. But I wanted to see God's word come alive in a communist country that at one time was alive for God. And I was in Ethiopia two years later. Communism had collapsed and God had moved in Ethiopia in a very special way and the underground church had come above ground. And I sat in a church one Sunday morning of 6,000 people. Most of them had started to walk to church at 6 o'clock in the morning. That's when the power of God is overcoming the power of the devil. And that's what God's Word is about. That's what God's Word is for. I listened to Velveeta last week talk about God's Word is there to, uh, what did she say? To empty hell. Amen, I say to that. And that move of God in Ethiopia when communism collapsed and God destroyed the, the restrictions that there were on his people, Gideon's just blossomed and started to distribute God's word again. But all across Ethiopia, churches just, it's not that they suddenly grew, they were there all the time, underground, worshiping in secret, at the risk of their lives. And then they were free, and the power of God. And you see thousands of them walking all Sunday morning from 6 o'clock to get to church by 11. Anybody done that this morning? Gosh, I want to tell you, when I had to get up at quarter to 7 this morning, it was hard work to drive down here. But when God moves... And God's people are receptive to his move. It shows. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. As we're talking about huge, how huge the movement is, the thing that strikes me is if the movement is that huge, our God must be absolutely huge. Amen. So the challenge I want to put out as I'm listening to Uncle Vernon talk about the movement that's around the world of people that are shaking their nations as we talk about this world wide web of the Holy Spirit, if you like. We sometimes are so impressed by the size of our circumstance, aren't we? We're like, our circumstances, our challenges, the problems we're going to face in life, we tend to be really impressed by them. I know I've been through something in the last 12 months that I look at and I think, my gosh, that's bigger than I can cope with, that's huge. And what we want to do for you today as we're talking about this stuff is take your eyes off the size of your circumstances because there's this huge movement that we're part of this morning. There's this huge movement that has an even huger God that is bigger than anything you face, bigger than anything you have challenged, bigger than anything you came and sat that was before you this morning when you came into church. It's massive and we just need to take our eyes off our circumstances and place them on what God is calling us to do. Amen? Uncle Vernon, talk to us a little bit just about what's on your heart, like bearing in mind that we've, we're talking about this, we're looking at the globe, and we've been talking about life in the spirit and going out into our communities and sharing about living life 
in the Spirit and about people noticing our lives because we're full of the Holy Spirit, what would you say to a church of people that are going to go and invade their community this week? How would you encourage them? Sarah sent me a link on Friday. So between Friday and today, I've been able to listen on some fancy thing called iCloud Sound. Never heard of it before. But I've listened to Helena when she preached on life in the spirit. I listened to Sarah and her deliberations, and I listened to Rob, and I listened to the two that were here last week. And so for a month, you've been concentrating on getting the power of God in your life. That's what you've been about. It's, it's, it's Lord, give me your power. All through that listening that I've done since Friday, I'm asking a very simple but big question. What is that power for? And I want you to stop and think about that because that laid heavily on my heart as I listened to you, Lord, give it to me. And God has given it to you, obviously. The place has been full of his power and his Holy Spirit this morning. What is that power for? Well, it's for what Gideon ministry was founded upon. And the answer was given to us by none other than the master himself. He told us what the power was for. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he laid out the power, the plan, and the purpose for how to use that power. And folks, the power is fine for us to enjoy when we are sat around having a whole good time, looking in on ourselves. Outside of this church, God needs his power to be manifest in you as you reach your community. That's God's plan. He says, go into, after the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon you, go and be my witnesses. That's our task. Have I brought you down to earth with a bump? Oh, I was on cloud nine a half an hour ago till Vernon opened his mouth. Our task is to go to our Jerusalem in the power of the Holy Spirit. Gideon ministry has a strap line and it's simple. The whole ministry is built on it to reach the lost for the Lord Jesus. That's what Jesus said he was sending the Holy Spirit for. Not to sit on our backsides and have a good time, but to get out there. Now I picked up a very interesting fact from Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Sarah said the week before last, it takes 63 days to develop a habit. Well, that's great. I'd never heard that before. So here's my challenge to you in Dunstable today. 
It might take you three, 63 days. Please develop the habit, the godly habit of personal witness. That's what the power came to you for. You see, out there is a lost world. God sent his power so that you and I can go and win that lost world for him. And I'm going to ask you a serious question. I want you to look back in your minds over just the last seven days. How many opportunities in the last seven days have you missed or let go by where you could have witnessed to the power of God and his saving power in the lives of the people that were around you? How many of you this week have had an engineer come to your house to fix your washing machine or your dishwasher or something other than that, maybe your BT television? How often has somebody come into your house and they've gone back out and they wouldn't know whether you were a Muslim, a Buddhist, a Sikh, or a Christian. Folks, we have to get around the word. We have to become his witnesses. And a witness tells what he knows. So I'm going to challenge you. Uh, the text, I think, is in Ephesians, make the most of every opportunity. And they're around us all day and every day. See, I have the benefit of having a New Testament that I can give. So this last week, we've had some block paving done out in our back garden, and four men I've been able to witness to. I spoke to one guy, he was smoking. I said, hey guy, you look so intelligent. And you're smoking. I said, you know, I had somebody close to me uh, who, who died from smoking at the age of 57. Ah, he said, my grandma died at 92, smoked all her life. I said, well, okay. So you don't know when you... He said, no, you don't know when you're going to go. And so I said, but where are you going to go? See, it's simple. It's easy. You just have to think about it. So I give him a New Testament, and I said, the New Testament ain't going to tell you when you're going, but it's going to tell you where you have a choice to go. And you can do that. You can do that with a, with a tract or a copy of John's Gospel or whatever. Get the godly habit of personal witness. That's what the power is for. Amen? That is what the power is for. That is what the power is is for, and that's what we want to share with you today. When Sarah put um, the weeks, she was, she was thinking about who's going to be ministering for the eight weeks between Easter and Pentecost. She asked me to, on this week, speak um, and give my own personal testimony about some of the things I've seen on the road. I, I um, as well as now being pastor of this church, for 20 years, I've worked for an international ministry organization, um, full-time for 20 years. And in that time, I've traveled the world like Uncle Vernon has, and I've seen some remarkable things. And this morning, I want us to get in our minds that we're part of something big. We're part of the www. And in our community, we have to do exactly what 
Uncle Vernon has just been challenging us to do. And that is to touch this bit of the world that God has placed us in right now. My story, um, as far as how I came to... You're going to stay because we're going to pray over everyone. You don't need to go and sit down. Stay with us. Um, But my story is, um, 20 years ago, somebody sat in our building up the road... um, our building up the road, number 69, was small. We had 60 or so people meeting meetings back then. And, um, and a family came into the church, and they worked for Dr. Morris Sorello, which is the organization, an American evangelist that I work for. I never talk about this in church, do I? I never bring it up. If you'll have never heard me talk about what I do outside of church um, from the platform, but Sarah asked if I would do it this morning. So... Dr. Morris Sorello was, his European director was in the church and my father was the pastor of the church and they built up a great relationship. And I was 18 years old and um, the, the gentleman that was in the church asked me if I would come and help Dr. Sorello at one of the conferences and he asked me if I would come and be stage manager and if I would get the ministries to be at the platform at the right time for the, for the meeting. Um, and he asked me if I would go to Dr. Sorello and clip on the little tie mic that he would have. He'd have a microphone that would clip onto his shirt and I would clip it on. So I said, I'll do that. I'll be stage manager. This is like in... I don't know, 92, 93, something like that. Um, And um, I went to this meeting, and it was called Mission to London. And Mission to London was a series of meetings that had Earl's Court 1, which was that huge Earl's Court arena. I don't know if you remember it. You may have been. Who's been to a concert? Who did you go and see? The Eagles. He went to see the Eagles. How much was the ticket? £190 to go and see the Eagles at Earl's Court. So um, Dr. Sorello would take that venue for six nights and open it up to London free of charge. It was the only night in the year people could come into Earl's Court and um, be a part of anything that didn't cost £190 a ticket. And um, so, like, it it would fill out with homeless people and people that just were at a loose end for an evening. And Dr. Sorello would pay for buses to drive around London with the advertising on. And we'd be on the BBC and on Channel 4 throughout the 90s. And he'd have 16,000 people a night for six nights. Now, when I sat in our church and I said to our guy that I would come and I'll do stage manager, I had no idea what I was about to walk into. I walked into a stadium that started to fill up with 16,000 people. I remember walking the gods and seeing young couples up to things they shouldn't have been doing in church, and it kind of shocked me a little bit. And then there were people taking drugs on the other side as I walked around the place, and I was like, my goodness, what's happening here? And it was an absolute sea of people from the front to the back. I didn't know there were that many Christians in the world. I didn't know there were that many people in the world, to be honest. I hadn't seen them. I was a young man. I didn't know. And I remember sitting there, and in the very first meeting, just sat at the back, you could electrically feel the power of God, the Holy Spirit, in that meeting. I wonder if you could roll it. Is it rolling behind me? This is a 2014 meeting that's on the screen, rolling behind me. Um, A lot more recent in the smaller Earl's Court. You know what? I was blown away. Dr. Sorello's 87 years of age, 87 years of age. He travels the nations of the world doing exactly what Uncle Vernon said. That's taking the gospel to the uttermost ends of the world. 
72 years of ministry, he's been doing his gifting that God has placed on his heart. He's, he's been married to one woman for 67 years. That's, I don't know what... Sure bench, have I. There you go, there you go. That's not an easy thing to do. I don't, no, it isn't. No. So... All I'm saying is, we judge ministries, don't we? We judge ministries. Oh, do they sing music in the style that I love them to sing music in? We, you, we use funny things to judge a ministry of what we like. Well, I chose a ministry where the head has been married to one woman for 67 years. And you, I want to tell you, you need to adjust what ministries you like and what you go on with and what you enjoy. And that's a wonderful, wonderful example. And his ministry, Dr. Sorello, he took me under his wing and after that meeting and a few years later, he said, I offered, I said, when, when the guy that was at our church left his role and went to another ministry, I said, Dr. Sorello, I'll sit by your side and I'll help you in the UK. Why don't we just watch just a little bit? I don't know where we're at. As, um, I don't know where we're at. Let's drop the lights for a second and just hear MC. See a little bit of what we do at Earl's Court and see what we do. To forgive your sins. To heal your soul, and most of all, for you to know, lay your head down on your pillow tonight, you have nothing to fear. I've got to pray this prayer very quickly. You say, what is it, Mars? It's the prayer for the miracle of salvation. Mm. The greatest miracle in the world. I speak the word tonight over your sin. It will be broken just that fast. Drug addicts in this building tonight, people that have been addicted, this is God's night to set your soul free. I wouldn't embarrass anybody in this building for anything in this world. But you will say to God's servant tonight, Brother Sullo, I want the greatest miracle in the world. I heard your message tonight. I will not listen to the devil directing me away from God one more moment. I believe what God says. The soul that sinned, it shall die. But if you come to me, I will give you everlasting life. You know what's going to happen in a few moments? An anointing is going to come upon you for God to give you the greatest miracle in the world. I'm not asking you what church you belong to. I don't care. I'm asking you tonight, if you should die in the next few moments, What would happen to your soul?
there's arms that are being outstretched to you tonight. Oh, my Lord, I can see them from the front of this building clear to the back. Arms of love. God is saying to you, you're never going to be alone anymore. You're never going to despair. I am going to be with you. My peace I'm going to give to you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto thee. All you have to do is take that will that I gave you, that image which is in you, that I gave you, and say by your will tonight, Mars, I want the miracle of salvation. And when you pray this prayer tonight, include me in this prayer. I want to receive the greatest miracle in the world. I want my soul healed, and I want it done tonight. From the front of this building, clear to the back, I'm not going to ask you to bow your heads. I'm not going to ask you to close your eyes. I'm going to ask you one little simple question. If you want me to pray for you that God may save your soul, forgive your sins, give you power over all the power of the enemy and deliver you from every bondage of Satan tonight. If you want me to pray while God has given me this anointing and you want me to pray for God to do this for you right where you are seated, quickly just take your right hand and raise it. Put it up in the air. I'll know to pray for you. Hurry, put it way up. All right, hold it up there high in Jesus' name. Those of you that have your hands raised, stand for my prayer. Hurry, get on your feet quickly while this anointing is upon me. Quickly, get on your feet quickly up in the balconies. Quickly, when I say in Jesus' name, I want you to go to the aisle that's nearest you and like this person here. Run down that aisle in Jesus' name. Stand before me right here where I can pray for God to give you the greatest miracle in the world. out leave the pictures going leave the pictures going while we talk dr Sorello would call for thousands to be saved and i've traveled the world and seen multiple thousands Th scenes like that i've done it so many times in my 20 years working for him but the thing that i spotted when i was just 18 that changed my life forever was that as those people walked away from the front there would be drug paraphernalia just stuff on, on the platform. The second night that we did the Earl's Court, I can remember it clearly, we had to phone the police and they had to come and bring amnesty bins for knives because gang members would come and they would respond to Jesus and then leave, just leave their knives on the platform and the police didn't want that to happen and the Earl's Court people shut us down. So we had to have the police there with, with buckets to, to, to collect amnesty bins to, so that the weapons could go in there. And there would be drug paraphernalia, and people would leave life-changed messages. You know, straight after Dr. Sorello prayed,
prays for the greatest miracle in the world, which is the soul to be saved, we then, he then prays for people to be healed. And I would see 10 people in wheelchairs and leave, the wheelchair would be left at the front and then they would walk back to their chair where they would go. And I've seen that in every nation of the world that I've traveled to. I've seen, I actually laid hands for someone in the front of, of there and it was a guy that came and he was blind, but he could just see tiny little bit if he wore glasses that were literally an inch and a half thick. And um, as we were praying for him, his vision went blurry in these big glasses. And, and, and I said, he goes, my vision's gone really blurry. I, can't see, I can see even worse than I could with the glasses. And we took the glasses off and he could see absolutely perfectly. And he went back to his seat. You know, the, the word that Uncle Vernon was talking about that we want to share with our community, that word was written... Because somebody told a first-hand story. I was there. I was at the foot of the cross when they divided up Jesus' clothes and they divided lots. And I saw that. And somebody recorded the word in the Bible. I was at the tomb. I saw Jesus. I was the first to see him when he rose from the dead. And I saw it. And that first-hand testimony got turned into a writing that we receive. And now we're going to give to people as Uncle Vernon was challenging us to do. This morning, I've seen with my own eyes amazing things. I'm giving you a first-hand story of what I've seen on the road. I know we're part of something huge because I've seen it and I work in it every single day. I'm blessed and honoured to have served Dr. Sorello for my 20 years. One thing I remember, we've got a few minutes as I bring this into land. I remember my very first set of meetings in Madrid, Spain, that I'd never been and set up meetings just like the one that you saw on the video there. And we hired a bull ring in Madrid. 18,000 people, this bull ring seats. Um, we've got Spanish night soon. 13th of May, is it? 13th of May, since I'm talking about Spain. Actually, the, the, the place had this huge roof. You know those modern sports stadiums where the roof retracts and comes back? It was like a multi-million pound roof on this bull ring and it was a brand new facility and the roof closed but then they could open it for outside events we had the roof closed brand new facility it had never been used for anything before 18,000 pounds uh, of 18,000 people we had um we had cnn in Spain, spent the week with us before the mission, and they were following us around, all of the news. They were like, this American's come to take your money, and that's what CNN, they do. They, whenever Dr. Sorello's going around, they think, um, they think we're there to take their money. The fact that that stadium costs 100000 and the offering will get 10000 like, where's the other 80 coming from? Oh, he's giving it. Um, so, like, they, the newspapers are all saying, oh, he's here to take your money, and it's, it's really exciting, and CNN are reporting it. And Dr. Sorello does something when he takes the platform. He takes it and he goes, Spain doesn't belong to the devil. Spain belongs to Jesus. That's the first, it's the first thing he says when he gets onto the platform in a different country. And the second the words came out of his mouth on that night in that stadium, it was called La Cubierta. You know, La Cubierta means the covering. I think in Spanish. I'm as good as you, aren't I, Andy? I've got no idea. Um, but La Cubierta, it means the covering, and because um, it had this really amazing roof on it. And as Dr. Sorello says, 
Spain belongs to Jesus. Hailstones the size of 10 pence pieces, 5 to 10p pieces, started pelting the people indoors. Roof on, clement weather outside, no, no rain, no anything. Just driving hailstones on the people for five long minutes. We had 150 pastors on the stage and there was just the dense pelting of hailstones like everybody's heart rates are going up in the I was losing my breath I was going what on earth is happening here what is this manifestation of hailstones indoors it's like we would be right now and it started to hail Dr. Sorello kept preaching as though nothing was happening CNN's cameras are looking and they're filming in the news at six o'clock that night it was all about how hail um, there was hail indoors. And Dr. Sorello said one thing, and his assessment of it was, this is a sign of an open heaven starting on Madrid, Spain, that is going to last and it's going to spread wider. That was what he said. I don't know what that manifestation was for. It didn't really serve a purpose in my mind. I was like, why? What? There was something happening in the spirit realm that I said there's a thin veil between us and the spirit. Something was happening. I know if you don't take my word for it, Jonathan Carvel was on my staff then. Many of you might know Steve Carvel, who passed away recently. Um, but his son was with me on the road at that meeting, and he'll verify everything that was said. And I just remember saying, God, I don't understand you. You're massive. You're amazing. This is a first-hand story, like how the Bible was written when those stories are told. I saw it with my own eyes. We're close to the spirit realm and we really are, and we need to operate in the spirit. And I've seen it firsthand. Uncle Vernon, if you want to add something. Yeah. You see, Dr. Sorello answered God's call to be a witness. That's what he does. And he does it in a big way because he can do it in a big way. But that doesn't let us off the hook. As believers, where God has put us. We used to sing an old chorus when I was a kid, you in your small corner and I in mine. And I read something that somebody in this church wrote recently, had a vision to see the homeless, the broken, the marginalized walk through the door of our church. What a vision that is. That's like asking a fish to jump in its, in its net on its own. You have to go and find the homeless. That's what Dr. Cirillo is doing on a vast scale that doesn't let you off the hook in Dunstable. And I don't want it to let you off the hook in Dunstable. Go find the homeless. Go find the marginalized in the power of God's Spirit and tell them Jesus is alive and Jesus is what they need. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand up where you are? We're going to bring this to an end. Uncle Vernon just read in his, what he was saying was Acts 1.8. And I'm going to read it to us one more time. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's why the Holy Spirit comes on you. 
And as we go through these weeks of looking about life in the Spirit, many of us may feel a sense of the Holy Spirit on our lives. We may respond in services because the Holy Spirit tugs on us. We may hear about a fruit of the Spirit that begins to operate in our lives. We may hear of all the fruits and the gifts of the Holy Spirit that there are. But all of those gifts and fruits and manifestations, my boss says it this way, the Holy Spirit didn't come on you to give you jerks and jiggles. That's what Morris says. Amen. Didn't come on you so you could respond to the front and laugh a little bit, roll on the floor, have those, those things are all, those are great. The Bible also says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. I don't want to shut you down. You receive the Holy Spirit in your way. But the authenticity of the experience you had is going to be measured by this Acts 1.8. Amen. This scripture here. If you came to the front and God touched you and the Holy Spirit touched you, the authenticity of that touch will be measured by what you use, the power that you were given for. There will be a demonstration of God's power through your life that will win the lost, that will change the lives around you. Don't come and roll on the floor and then go back to the smallness of your life and the challenges of your life and then something knocks you for six and you're no use to anyone for a whole week. The evidence of an authentic experience with the Holy Spirit is that that Acts 1-8 will be true in your life. Amen and amen. We're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Those people you come in contact with, you're going to change their lives. Do I get an amen? Come church, when we do this Life in the Spirit series, we want you to be touched. We want you to receive the fruits. We want you to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But most of all, we want you to be authentic in the, communi- in the community that we work and that we o- operate. I'm going to ask Uncle Vernon to lead us in prayer. We're not going to have an altar call this morning, but Uncle Vernon and I are going to pray over you Hallelujah. that you would receive power. Hallelujah. Morris's life's ministry has been about the power of God displayed today in, the, in now, in these real terms. He's a passionate believer that God powerfully moves today. And I'm going to pray over you, and Uncle Vernon's going to pray over you, that you receive that power in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, give us a vision. Help us to see the lost as you see them. Help us to see the lost going to a lost eternity. Help us to realize that between the sinner and a lost eternity, you have placed us and your word. And you have filled us with the power to do something to stop those sinners going to hell. Help us to empty hell. Father, give us a vision. Help us to see those who live next door to us, those who sit at the next desk to us, 
those who walk the streets just as we do. Give us a vision to win the lost for you. In Jesus' name, give us the habit of witnessing for you, to reach them for you. You are not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to salvation. Give us that same desire. Help us to say, we are not willing that any should perish. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, we will take your word and witness to those around us, those we know, our friends, our families, and our enemies, because you told us to love them too. In Jesus' name, I pray right now that you will feel that urge in your spirit by the power of the Spirit to want to develop that godly habit of reaching the lost for Christ. I pray it in Jesus' name, all-powerful name, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to get in touch, visit our website at www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.